Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich fired for cause? And where does LSU go with Ed Orgeron out the door? You are listening to the College Football Daily. It is Tuesday, October 19th, and I am Trey Scott. Stayed up late here on Monday night recording the introduction because we had a feeling that some news was coming for the Cougars and Rolovich. You've probably heard about this the last few weeks, the last few months, that Washington State, the, the actual state, and then Washington State University had a policy, um, COVID-19 COVID vaccination policy, which required employees to be vaccinated uh, against COVID-19 by October 18th if they can wish to continue working. Rolovich dug his heels in, has been digging his heels in for the last few weeks for the last few months, really, when this all popped up in July, when he was unable to attend the Pac-12 media days, and now he has been terminated for cause. He had applied for a religious exemption about 10 days ago, according to USA Today, and that was not granted, and Rolovich has never really clarified why, uh, on what grounds he was not willing to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, religious grounds including that. Uh, He's not the only one out the door at Washington State. Four other assistant coaches have been terminated for cause, and this means that defensive coordinator Jake Dickert will serve as a team's interim coach. Rolovich made about $3 million a year. He was in his second year in Pullman, had come over from Hawaii. Uh, Cougars went 1-3 and three last year, were 4-3 and three this year. Looked surprisingly plucky. Look, this is just an unfortunate situation all around. There are going to be people who call Rolovich a hero, and there are going to be people who, you know, take him to the woodshed for it. It's not my place to do either of those things, but a lot of players on this on this roster now probably wondering what in the world is going on. A lot of coaches, a lot of support staff coaching men down for the rest of the season. Total turmoil. It's really unfortunate. There's just a really crummy situation unfolding up there in in Pullman regarding Nick Rolovich refusing to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. So this makes five FBS head coach openings now for the 2021 cycle. Georgia Southern was already open. UConn was already open. USC was already open. And LSU, of course, on Sunday became open. And that is really the topic of today's podcast. We have Billy Embody from Go 24-7, the 24-7 sports LSU site, joining us in one second to talk about where the Tigers are going from here. Billy gives us his top candidate to coach LSU. It's, it's a big name, spoiler alert, and then tells us really what's what's happening now the next last half of the season because you've got coaches on the staff still and they're they're coaching they're they're doing their jobs. They're recruiting, they're managing, they're doing all that stuff. I think that's a tricky situation, but Billy lays it out pretty well and and, and uh, makes it makes it seem like there's going to be as much stability as possible in Baton Rouge until whoever is hired is made official. And as Billy also says, Athletics Director Scott Woodward is going to go for a big name and he's going to do it stealthily. So expect a lot of smoke screens, smoke and mirrors, all that stuff. So interesting episode ahead. Take a break. Then we got Billy and Buddy. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, Billy Embody joins us right now. Billy, you've got a lot of sources down there in Baton Rouge. If Walls could talk in the football ops building, how are they 
moving forward this week and beyond when it comes to coaching, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to messaging with the team. I feel like it's just accepted now that it's going to be a very long six weeks. You're absolutely right. It's a long six weeks. Uh, you know, Guys are going to start wanting to find out where their next stop is. I think that's one thing with in-season coaching changes or coaching changes that you see coming. Uh, they're going to start working on their next steps. Uh, but for LSU and their football ops, they've got to keep recruiting too. You know, there are guys on that recruiting staff that are going to want to be a part of the next staff um, and remain in Baton Rouge. Same goes for some of these assistants, I'm sure. And so the message is just keep recruiting, keep chipping away um, and trying to set yourself up, I think, as a coach, as a support staff member to be as vital to the future of the program um, as you can be. And, and that's where guys are going to put their head down and work, I think, for the most part. It, it's It's tough to obviously sell a vision and sell a future uh, without a head coach at the helm and who, who's going to be your position coach and all those things, but keep recruiting, keep selling what LSU's done. The last three coaches have all won national championships. They produced NFL talent at an elite level and they recruit really well in general. So that's the message. Uh, and also Tiger Stadium, the game day atmosphere, they had some big time prospects on campus, even with the coaching search likely coming, they were still able to get those guys on campus and they had a great time at the LSU Florida game, which was a wild one. And that's going to stick in the back of those guys' minds, I think, as they consider keeping LSU in their recruitment, depending on who they hire next. So you think it's the staffers, the the assistants, they will be doing a genuinely good job. They will be trying to continue recruiting. That's what you're saying. I think for the most part, and some guys, like I said, will have an eye, you know, trying to position themselves for their next job. That's natural. I mean, you look at some of the guys that were hired specifically by Ed Ogeron, you know, Jake Peets, Durante Jones, uh, Andre Carter, but you also have guys like Mickey Joseph, who's been around, who was hired by Ed Ogeron, but he's a New Orleans area you know, native. Uh, he has been recruiting at a high level in that region for a while now. You have Corey Raymond, who's lasted quite a few staffs in Baton Rouge. Uh, so it, it it's a staff that could see some holdovers. And that's why I think you'll see them still recruiting at a, at a genuine level. It's just now they don't, uh, they have an answer for when players are asking them about what the future is as far as Ed Ogeron goes with all the speculation before the move was made. Um, and now they're going to be you know, selling just coming to LSU and, and trying to have those players uh, ready to go for the new guy whenever and whoever that is they're hiring. Uh, he can come in and they have a board and you know he might throw his own guys on there for sure, but they'll have recruited a lot of these guys, especially in state, um, as hard as they can to try and keep them with their eyes on LSU. That's a tough job. I don't envy them, but I do understand what you're saying that when this new coach comes in, obviously he's going to want to bring his new guys in, but we also see there usually is one or two holdovers because it helps thread the connections. You want to be the guy who held on to your targets, your commits, who still did a good job. You don't want to be the guy who people are saying, yeah, man, like before even Thanksgiving, he was showing up late. He was leaving early, stopped calling, stopped texting. You don't, you don't want to be that guy. What is, what is next? For you know, let, let me ask you this: like you're the window for the go twenty four seven. Our our fantastic LSU website, you Shay Sunny. Like, what's your content plan, Billy? Is it VIP coaching hot boards? Is it 
yeah, obviously you're tracking down the assistance. Are you doing obits on on what went wrong for for Ed Orgeron? Like, how are you guys going to attack this next few weeks? Yeah, I think the big thing is is catching up with a lot of the commits, which we've already done. Uh, had a few guys sound off on their status and what their plan is uh, on the site. You know, just their initial reactions, and we'll dive deeper into that as uh, we get you know, those guys uh, have more time to process and, and come up with a plan for their recruitments. I think we're going to close the book here pretty quickly on what went wrong for LSU uh, with Ed Ogeron. Obviously, a lot of off the field things are, are going to dominate the headlines. But for me, it came down to obviously winning and losing on the field. That's why he's not going to be the head coach there anymore. And you go look at some of their recruiting evals, some of uh, their hires, those are where things really went wrong. Obviously, you can point to Joe Brady being that that perfect hire, keeping Dave Aranda around in Baton Rouge in time for the 2019 season was big. But overall, they he really struggled off the field hiring coaches. And uh, some of these recruiting evals, especially in the offensive line department, are, are really kind of rearing their ugly head, even though they did set a school record, a single game rushing record with Ty Davis Price this past weekend. Mm -hmm. It's still a situation where we got to look back on it, what went wrong, but now it's really going into overdrive on hot board on uh, deep dives into the candidates or the rumored candidates, uh, as well as, uh, you know, assessing the recruiting and, and seeing what they need, what, what's, you know, the day one must gets, what's the top position groups that needs to be addressed by this new head coach. And that includes the transfer portal. You know, the new rule with, with seven extra scholarships, uh, depending on, you know, how much, how much attrition you have after December 15th, that's going to be an area where, you know, in this day and age of college football, the next head coach has to have some guys ready to come with them, you know, whether he officially or unofficially recruits them before he comes to LSU or uh, just has some ties to some of the really high quality transfers that are undoubtedly going to be out there in the future. Those are all things that we're going to assess and and look towards the the future of, of the program, even though there's not a head coach yet in place for that future. The transfer portal is an interesting part of that because it's almost like Bowie's the argument for bringing a guy from a bigger place you're right. Like you guys have already been tracking down transfer portal news this Monday afternoon. Decommitments are happening. The the transition class of whatever you get out of 2022, it's not going to matter as much as re-recruiting the guys already on the team, and then of course bringing in guys to help. And so I I think that ability gives you to uh, that gives you the ability to replenish a, a deplete a depleted roster faster. But I mean, look, Billy, like it's not going to be good if this new coach comes in. And there are a lot of star players on that LSU team who the guys with eligibility left even who could easily be looking for a way out or a, a different school without the transition that's ready to win now. That's that's going to be a tough job to sell Eli Ricks or Kayshawn Boutte. I'm not speaking for them. I would imagine they stay because I think LSU is going to make a great hire, but you almost have to, to re-recruit those guys. When we start talking about new hires, if you and Scott Woodward, the AD, went out, he took you out for cocktails, you guys got a few deep. And he said, Billy and Body, who is the number one guy on your board? What name do you give him? You know, in our roundtable that we did, uh, you know, across 24-7 sports, uh, I went with Lane Kiffin. I think he's somebody that uh, is a, obviously a proven play caller at a high level. He's got SEC experience and multiple stops. I don't know if he's going to be the guy by any means, but this program needs an uh, a boost of energy, even after Ed Ogeron. It needs to become cool again. It needs to uh, have, have a, in my opinion, a proven offensive coach at the helm somebody who has some winning under his resume. He won you know, at Alabama when he was assistant there. I think Elaine Kiffin would be a really good call for me um, if I was the AD. I know some people aren't going to agree with it, but you know, we've got Jimbo Fisher on the board all over the place uh, on, the, on our Go 24-7 board, and he just beat Alabama 
And I would say the most of the board is united against Jimbo Fisher. Uh, and he's got a national championship and has ties to Baton Rouge and all those things. There's not going to be an easy hire that is unifiably perfect in, in the eyes of any of the fans or anyone out there. Um, but Lane Kiffin would probably be right at the top of my list. I think the world of James Franklin, I think Billy Napier would do a good job as well. I think with the amount of money they seem set to spend, I think you go and make your calls as well to you know Lincoln Riley, Dabo Sweeney's got a low buyout. You just make your calls. You know Scott Woodward, the one big thing about him is he's gone big game hunting in multiple sports now at LSU, and he's gone big game hunting at his other stops for football coaches, and he's landed those big names. And I do think it's going to be a big name. And it's just going to be one that is going to be clouded in uh, you know secrecy, quite honestly, the way he's run his searches. And and I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a big one. I'm with you. A big one. It's funny how coaching searches work. A few years ago, when LSU was making a coaching search, it had to settle on the interim at Orgeron after striking out on Tom Herman. And, and Tom Herman doesn't get it done in Austin, and Ed Orgeron wins a national championship. So yeah, you said this is going to be a a secret coaching search. There's going to be smoke screens. Are we anticipating after the season? And I know this is a tough question because I don't think we were anticipating a midseason coaching change. And I, I guess he's he is in fact coaching through the season. But you know what I mean. What's the timeline for this? Like we're not going to get James Franklin rumors like in in a week, are we? I, I would say it's after the season. You know, Scott Woodward's done a really good job of, uh, and and he has experience with Tyrone Willingham being let go at Washington. He had Steve Sarkeesian ready to go two days after the season. Uh, I think that's going to be the same situation here. It just gives more time, and it's a. Big bigger job in the SEC, uh, obviously, for people to speculate and for the smoke screens we talked about to be thrown out there. But I think Scott Woodward is going to have a guy pretty quickly after the season, and uh, they're going to watch if there is a bowl game for LSU, the players in that bowl uh, game pre- you know, prepare and play and have an eye to their future whenever they're announced as the next head coach. But just my gut, based on Woodward's past, I, I would say he's ready to make a hire quickly after the regular season. All right, Billy Embody, we'll let you get back to work. Thanks for having me, Trey. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate Billy Embody joining me on today's episode of the College Football Daily. Follow him on Twitter at Billy Embody. He covers LSU. He also covers SMU and Louisiana at Lafayette. So jack of all trades, man of the people, Billy Embody. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Tuesday. We will talk to you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.